Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are privileged to be joined by Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, former longtime executive vice president of Agudas Yisrael of America, a longtime Askin, Dafyemi uh, Magachir. You now live in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, Harnov. So it's a privilege to have you here in Art Scroll here in the United States. So th and thank you for taking some time out of your schedule. It's my to pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you. Now, two years ago, you published a book with Art Scroll called On the Shoulders of Giants. I must Great. tell you, it's one of my favorites. The story is full of fascinating stories. Whoever, whoever hasn't read it yet should take the time to get the book and read it because it's really, like some people have said, including Rabbi Zev Lef, a letter that I saw he wrote to you where he called it a safer. It really is a safer a safer of insight and Musser and, and, and inspiring stories. So it's really a, a privilege to go through when it came out and again uh, more recently. I want to start with your time in Daguda and not to make anyone uncomfortable, but there are people even today who are unsure of what Aguda Sisrael does. Does that bother you? Did it bother you when you worked for the Aguda? And, and what can be done to change that perception? It bothered us, no question about it. Uh, it was, uh, we do so much in so many different areas, but when an organization is single focused, it's easy to say what an organization is. When Agudis Yisrael is created, Agudis Yisrael was created in, in the early 1900s to solve the problems of Kali Yisrael. Problems change, situations change, and there are many, many different areas that you have to be working in. So it's hard to pinpoint and say, you know, this is what Agudis Yisrael is, is doing. But I think that one of the main purposes and goals uh, and, of, uh, and things that Agudis Yisrael does, it gets people together to sit and discuss what are the issues before Kalei Yisrael and what are the, some of the things that we can do about and develop solutions. So how would you define the Agudis mission? Is it to solve the problems of Kalei Yisrael? Is that what it is? Let's go back to the history. Why was Agudis Yisrael started? On the contrary, the people didn't believe that there should be an international organization. Too many problems with it. Um, the reason it was started was because in the early 1900s, Claudia Yisrael was, was losing. We were losing the youth. Lost the daughters for sure. There was no schooling for them. He's lost the boys. They were going away. Um, the Panovich Yerov said, that, in, that the learning in Ponovich was better than the learning in, in, in Ponovich and Eretz Yisrael was better because in Ponovich in Europe, they were sitting and learning by the Gemara, but underneath it they had a book and they wanted, they saw, they thought there was something there. Is they, they, they were losing the youth. They were going away and they, they, the, those who conceived it said if we take the organizational skills of the German Jewry and we take the Torah leadership and erudition of Litvishe Jewry, the Galilee Yisrael, and you take the warmth of Hasidus and Polish Jewry, and the rabbinic leadership of, of, of Hungarian Jewry, and put them together in one room and say, how do we solve this problem? How do we go about solving this problem? And they got them together, and first in, in Bad Hamburg, and then in, in, uh, so later, ultimately, the, the first Knesset, in 1923, the famous picture that Baruch Hashem, you see the Chafetz Chaim coming. What was he coming to? He was coming to that meeting where everybody got together in 1923 to see how can we solve this problem? 
and maybe by working together we can solve the problem. So that was, that was a problem years ago of losing youth. Today the problems are different. So would you say that Aguda has evolved as time has gone on? The mission may have stayed the same, but the execution has every, changed? Every 10 years has been different. Mm-hmm. Every 10 years during my experience in, in the years that I was there in, 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 in Aguda Cicero, uh, the 1950s was one Aguda. The 1960s with another, 1970s, the beginning of Jewish Observer and social service programs and so on. Mm-hmm. 1980s with Hatzalah with Iran, with Russia, is the 1990s. Always the issue of facing the government and, and, and the issues, different issues that came up. Every year, Agudis world evolves into a different type of organization serving the needs of the community of the day. So today, what would you say the Agudis mission or or primary responsibility is today. I know you're not there. <laughs> right, but. Right, right, now I'm, right, right now I'm in Eretz Yisrael, obviously. I think that um, there was one year, and I go to the convention, where I, I, I live with the Meshach Chachma in Bechut Kaisai. The Meshach Chachma talks about the cycle of Jewish history, how we come to a country and there's nothing there, and we have to build, and you build an infrastructure, and you get, and you have a ruach, and you have to build yeshivas, and you have to build Torah, and you have to build shuls, and so on, and mikvahs, and you build it up, and the children continue it, and it gets larger and larger, and as it goes, and finally it gets, you reach a point after a hundred years where everything is done, and the youth have to, says the Meshachachma, a child has to feel he's doing more than his father did. So what is there to do? If there's nothing to do in Yiddishkeit, they begin to go outside. And they're 100 years in the country. They're not green anymore. They know the language. They know the culture. And they begin to go into the general culture. They begin to fall out and start children at risk. And start other, other problems that develop when, you, there's, when there's nothing to build on it and, and, and you have to do something. So we have to find new challenges that the youth can do within Torah and within Yiddishkeit. And I think that that's a major, a major... Uh, uh, so what we hear, we hear with Agudah, it's been said quite often about Klal Yisrael and Rebbe Yisrael, that Agudah is focused on the Klal, but also focused on the Yachid. But again, not to belabor the point, but think about the breadwinner, wherever he lives, in Lakewood, Montreal, Borough Park, Five Towns, wherever he is, struggling to make ends meet, just trying to get through his day, through his week, through his year, raise his family. He doesn't have the time or money to go to conventions. And he doesn't feel a connection to Agudas Yisrael. And he doesn't see, in a tangible way, what Agudas Yisrael is doing for him. Is that a problem? Is that a disconnect? When, when someone who doesn't know more thinks that all that does is make conventions and the see Mashas, what, what would your, you know, here's a platform to tell them, no, this is really what Agudas Yisrael is doing. As I understand it, um, both in education, both in representing the government, they say that good it does those things that individual groups can't do, when you have to be able to get together. When nobody was able to talk to a policeman or to the, to, to the local assemblyman, and Rabbi Sher was able to speak to a congressman, that was a big thing. But as the communities grew, each community developed their own askonim, people who were able to do that. So that can't be the only thing that they're doing. They have to do things where, where, where the, the, the tzibur working together are the things, the solutions, are, are, are the areas that they're working on. Um, but they do, as you say, for Rebbe Yisrael also, whether it's a special education, whether it's a, or is like Pirchei and Benos reorganizing re- now and restructuring, many, many things that they're doing, the, the Torah projects. 
there was a time of the Dafyomi is not just the Siyam every seven years. The, the impetus of the Siyam, the purpose of the Siyam is the more people should learn Dafyomi. I don't go any place in the world we don't see a Dafyomi Shia now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the art scroll is, is definitely has, has been a great help to that. It's, but it's, 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 it's a matter of pushing it and arguing and see you mim and so on. Everybody, oh, you haven't learned, you're not learning Dafyomi? Uh, we just uh, spoke to somebody. He said, uh, somebody asked him to say Dafyomi on Shabbos. He said on Shabbos. Now he said to speak the, every day. With Zoom, with the ability to, to be able, you, you can say Dafyomi all the time. Or is it, Speaking they, of Dafyomi, there's a fascinating story about your entry into the world of Dafyomi as a Magachir. Right. You want to share that story? Yeah. In 1975, I was the... Uh, uh, 1975, I came to work in Agudas Yisrael. January 20th, 1975. I remember I left January 20th, the same day that Obama became president, I left. Uh, time to go to Eretz Yisrael. Changing of the guards. <laughs> Changing of the guards. Uh, Rabbi Sherrick called me in in February or March of uh, 1975, and in his office was Rabbi Bochad and Rabbi Bessel, Zechrein and Levracha. And they were sitting discussing the Siyam Hashas, it was the seventh Siyam Hashas. The previous CMHS, they had about 300 people in Beis Yaakov and Borough Park. And they wanted to do something a little bit more, a little more exciting, get more people to find out about Dafyami. The time before that, it was during a Tzirei convention, and Rebaran Kotler said, you know, we should wash for the Suda today because it's the day of the CMHS. Nobody else knew, right? Hardly anybody knew. You mentioned in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, and now comes, uh, so they want to take Manhattan Center, 1,000 people, and make a presentation. They asked me if I would help. I was working in Project Hope at the time, and they asked if I would volunteer to, to help at the time. Of course, I said yes. And I, they had flyers. And I was going on the subway, and I saw Rabbi Ben Sien Kron uh, on the subway, and I said to him, here is a flyer. We're having a CM from Manhattan Center. We try to get some people. I would try and go around, try to find some people to come to the CM. Um, fine, he took the paper. So a few days later, I get a call from Rabbi Kron. And he said, you know, when you gave me that flyer, you probably didn't only mean that I should come to the scene, you probably mean that we should have started the Fiyamish room. So in the shul that he was davening in, uh, in Rabbi Blumenkrantz's shul, we're starting a Fiyamish year, and we want to have seven people, each person to say one day, to say the daf one day. And I said, I said, look, I just started a new job. Like I'm early in the morning to late at night. Uh, I, 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 Shabbos. Will you do it, Shabbos? I said, okay. I'll say the Fiyamish on Shabbos. I hung up the phone, and I started thinking, in Rabbi Blumenkrantz's shul, there's going to be a Dafyam Yishir. Agudas Yisrael of Long Island, Far Rockaway, didn't have a Dafyam Yishir. It's going to be embarrassing. The Agudas shul doesn't have it. So I went to somebody and I asked him if he would say the Dafyam Yishir, and he said, um, he said, okay, uh, if you get some people to join. I went around, I got three people to join. Three people said that they would come and, and, and join the Dafyam Yishir. The night before Brochus Davbeis, I realized I forgot to tell the person that I got the guy. Mm-hmm. So I better look at it myself and prepare and uh, say the Dafyami that uh, uh, the first day. So I said, it, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, until Shabbos. And Shabbos, I went to the person, I got you the Dafyami, sure, there's the people are coming and so on. They said, yeah, you started already, continue. He's 35 years later. And you're still giving. I was, I was, I was still giving. You're I still gave giving. it for 30, 35 years. 35 years, all because of that. I was, I was able to say, well, because the, 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 uh, I tried oh, to get somebody else to incredible. say this year. And the Rebbein Hashem helped. We were able to, to the time, finding the time to say that Fiyem Yishir. But it changes your life. You become a different person. The, 
Hanani Kramer just mentions the, the, he started saying when he goes on a plane trip when he goes on right. everything the whole day revolves around around Torah and you've been Zeicha I overheard in a conversation you were having with Rabbi Brander before that you were Zeicha recently to finish Talmud Yerushalmi as well yeah, so that also but there's an interesting story there when that, you went to Reb Chaim yeah, and you asked him well, what, what I'll, was I'll, I'll tell the interesting story first with, 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 with Mayor Zlata with Zlata um, I was at Avrami Biederman, who works here in art school, was son's bar mitzvah. And I came early and Mayor came early. And the two of us were sitting, we were having a discussion. And the, uh, I said, Mayor, you're finishing up Bavli now. Uh, Shas, tremendous thing. What are you going to do next? And he said, well, thinking of different things, we're doing Ramban, we're doing maybe Yerushalmi, some other things. I said to him, you know, Anything else that you do after Bavli, after what Art School did for, for, the trans- for the elucidation of Bavli, anything else is downhill. The one thing that you can do is, I said Adaf Yemishia in Bavli before Art School. So it can be done. Mm-hmm. But Yerushalmi, I couldn't open. I wouldn't know how to. If you do Yerushalmi, and he says, and do the elucidation of Yerushalmi, then you've done something maybe even bigger than Bavli. The next day, he was on a plane to Eretz Yisrael. He told me afterwards, the next day he got a plane on Eretz Yisrael, he went to Rav Yoshev, and he asked Rav Yoshev whether he should do Yerushalmi, and Rav Yoshev told him yes, and you have it in the Yerushalmi's that the, the, somebody came over to him and said, but uh, you know, it's very difficult uh, to, to do Yerushalmi, and I, I can explain why, but that, that's not, not for now. He says, it's very difficult, the Gersois, there's no Rashi, it's a very complicated uh, elucidation, much more difficult than in Bavli. And Rav Yosha says, yeah, they have mm. and they did, like everything else at art schools, a magnificent job. Is, and they did, I felt when they, oh, <laughs> there's another part to that. I had told Mayer, at that time I was executive vice president for the Aguda, I told Mayer, if he does Yerushalmi, I know financially it's not going to be like the Bavli. So what I'll do, I'll help the same way that the Aguda does the Siyumim and encouraging people to learn Dafilani Bavli, mm-hmm. I'll get the Aguda to do the same thing for Yerushalmi. And therefore, you know, hopefully more people you know, will also we'll make it more with. economically feasible. So uh, he said, okay. I went to the Metzgele Terra meeting, and I come to the Metzgele Terra meeting, and I make this presentation. Art school is now doing Yerushalmi, by then, I was like the fifth time already gone through, through, through Bavli. I want looking for new challenges. There are people looking for the challenges. They're going to have Yerushalmi. The Moetzis told no, but an Aleph, no, under no circumstances, keep it with Bavli, only do the Dafyemi of Bavli. And the one who was strongest in that was Rebaran Shechta. It's all thank Rebaran Shechta. He says, strong. He says, because do, what was the reason? What was it, that it, position? He says, the, the, your, your learning has to be the Bavli, that's the Ikalimba today, that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. Okay. So I went back to Mayer. I told Mayer, I'm sorry, I can't you know, produce, uh, but uh, Mayer says, I'm doing it anyway. Right? Mm-hmm. He, he made his decision. Yerushalmi comes out. I open up the Yerushalmi, the first volume. I see a big haskama for a Baron Shechta. Mm-hmm. I said, what's going on over here? Right. So I take it up and I learned it, and it's a limud. Rebaran Shecht over there explains the difference between Bavli and Yishalmi. And he says, Bavli is choshech. Bavli is a time of darkness. To understand Bavli in Bovel, it was hard. 
and understanding was hard, and you had to work hard. There had to be our mailers, you had to work hard in order to be able to understand it. Avir is clear. The Yushalmi, once you get through the, the difficult Gersois and so with on, the language, right? then the, la- the language and the Gersois, Yushalmi is question, answer, question, answer. You don't have a sugi, maybe like this, maybe like that, and so, because they had clarity. Mm-hmm. Our learning has to be with Amelos. That's what Baron Shechler was saying. Our mm-hmm. learning has to be with Bavli, which is Amelos. We have the Yushalmi also, he says, actually, the Yushalmi Zeroim. He says, there's no Bavli in Zeroim. And he has an interesting reason why. He says, because Bavli would have done Zeroim, it was Torah, not Almanas Lassos. In Yushalmi, in, in Eretz Yisrael, it's Bavli, it's Liman Almanas Lassos. And today, when we're back in Eretz Yisrael, and we have a Shviz, we have a Shemitah, he says, and, and we have the Alochas of Shemitah, and we have the Reb Chaim pushes people to, to very much to, to learn the Shviz, he says, it comes alive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the art scroll, Yerushalmi, as they say, the masterful job that they, the, that they did on that, is able, Baruch Hashem, I was able to, to be Zechah to, to, to make a scene on Yerushalmi. So you, you had a schuss in that. Well, what happened when you went to Reb Chaim and you wanted to continue learning, but you were being pulled in different directions? I, I, I had made a goal uh, to, in a certain period of time, to finish Bavli, Yerushalmi, Mishnabur, and so on. To, I was bringing, I, I had Hachnas and Sefer Torah for, to, to, to celebrate my 80th birthday. And so I was going to bring the whole family together, and so on, I made it. And then a few months before then, about a half a year before then, I got a call from Rip Shmuel Yosef Reeder, who was running the Agudas Yisrael Dafyomi Siyum, and he asked me to come to help, um, to help in the organization of, of, of the Siyum. And I was afraid if I do that, I wouldn't be able to reach my goals. So I went to Reb Chaim, and he asked him, which one should I do? So Reb Chaim looked up to me and says, Asu do both of them. <laughs> so I fell and behind. I fell behind. Actually, people want to blame COVID on me because I fell behind in, the, in my goals. And in January, I went back there to Sorrel after the Seum, and I sat down and COVID came, and I was in quarantine for months. I had nothing mm-hmm. to do but sit and learn. I was able to finish both. Wow. Now, a hot button issue today, I'm going to change course a little, is comes when it comes to elections, voting for liberals. Uh, in many from communities, there's, there's pushback. You know, the, the organizations, the establishment might back a certain candidate, a Democrat, whose hashkafas are not in, lo- in line with ours. They might espouse ideals and views that are diametrically opposed to hashkafas atayra. Uh, on the other hand, there are certain benefits and it seems to be a, a, a pull and a push. And I read in your book where you talk about when the Yaguda invited Senator Kennedy, I believe it was, who was honored at an Yaguda dinner, and Rabbi Sherer got a phone call from a Rav after the dinner. How you talking? How do you bring a liberal senator to be honored at an Yaguda dinner when we don't see eye to eye on many issues? I think you speak about Congressman Solars as well. We're talking about leftists. Um, so what's your response to the man on the street, the from man on the street, who wants to know how an agudo or some other communal organization could back people whose values don't align with ours? It's not a new machlokas. It's not a new issue, as, as I explained in, in, uh, in the book and some of the other issues. A lot of these issues, teradika hashkafa issues, are things which come up in different circumstances from generation to generation. And there's a Masurah. There was, 
a machlokas, there is a, was a machlokas in my time, between the members of the Torah for the most part, I think we're pretty much in unison to that, and the spokesman probably of those on the other side was Rabbi Vigda Miller, the Chaim Mashkiach and later the Rov, um, uh, in terms of how we deal with, with politicians. There is no politician that we agree with completely. Um, the, the, uh, we don't have, in Eretz Yisrael, you have Agudis Yisrael, Yad HaSater representatives who listen to Gdaili Yisrael. You don't have such a, a Metzius in, in the United States, um, so for the most part. So you have to decide on a politician, on what basis are you going to vote for him or against it. The members of the Metzius um, by the way, they did make an adjustment in terms of honoring a dinner. They, what, they, what they said at the end was that although we will invite them to a dinner and speak at the dinner, but they did not, but not to not to honor them. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We stopped uh, at that time. We started giving them honors. But um, why are we voting? Voting. Moshe Abiyakov wrote letters. Good citizens. We have to vote, but we have to vote for people who are going to help our community. That's, that's our interest in it. Do you take a balance of everything that a person does and say, on the basis of all the things that the person does, um, he's bad in 30 areas, and 30%, and he's good in 70%, the other one is, is, is 50-50 or 60-40, is, so you, you take a, a balance of the person and you decide, he says, we're, I'm going to still on this. We have to get things done for the community. It's one of the things that we do. He says, we have to take a balance and try to solve it. See, even if a candidate is, say, pro-abortion or has a stance on marriage that makes us very uncomfortable, Re- Re- even Vigda, so Re- that balances Re- it Re- out. Rabbi Miller was the other side of, of, of the debate, mm-hmm. and Rabbi Vigda Miller of, of the Ashkafa, and he says moral issues are the most important things. Mm-hmm. Is how a person, how a person stands on morality, is the most important thing. Was he a das can, yachid? In, in he was that? pretty much a das yachid. In, mm-hmm. at that time, at that time, was, at that time would you say that it's changed now with the with the progression, with the passage of time? Things have gotten even worse in terms of the left moving even more but, to the left. But still, the question is why we vote and who mm-hmm. we vote for. How do we make the decision? In, in, how do we make, in Eretz Yisrael? Somebody said it's very, uh, very cute. He says, "Yeshlonu rishus hatzbaa avalo rishut bechira." We have right to vote, but not to choose. Is mm-hmm. in Eretz Yisrael, there's a Metzuk Dele and the Metzuk Dele decides vote because you're voting for from parties, and you know that this is the what you, even if they're in the minority, but you know that these are your representatives, and these are the people that you have to vote for. You have no choice. Well, I think this one's better, that one's better. He says, you have to vote there. In America, it's not the case. In America, the daily Yisrael would call Rabbi Shera and ask him, who should I vote for? Mm-hmm. Right? You say, which politician is better? Which one is more important for the community? Which one helps gives money for the community? It's, it's an issue. He's, the yeshivas need money. The yeshivas get hundreds of millions of dollars today from, for, for, from, from yeshivas, and there are politicians who support that, and that's important to the community. There are other, so there, there, there's a myriad of issues that have to be taken into consideration, and then you have to take the balance of everything together and say which one is, and sometimes, more often than not, we have people on both sides. We want people to be influential in the Democratic Party, we want people to be influential in the Republican Party. How, how about an issue of Akar Satayv, where let's say one candidate has been helpful in the past, but the other candidate today reflects our values, really is a better candidate. Is, it, is, is there a precedent for voting for someone just out of Akar Satayv? 
Hakaras HaTev is a very, very big principle in, 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 uh, in, in Yiddishkeit and Torah and Gedele Yisrael. Um, I'm trying to think of a... a over the a years that you have such over a years, Over the years, over the years, you see the illogical things, right? Mm -hmm. the, the illogical things, but if, if somebody did a Teva for Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky 30 years ago, he, he, he would, you know, he, he would do, th he, he would illogically support him, you know, I'm not talking about a politician, right. I'm talking, there's the, the, the That's daily on a personal surreal, level. On, on a, a personal, on a personal level. And, and even when it comes to community levels, uh -huh. you know, sometimes they can't, they, they wouldn't, sometimes would walk out of, recuse themselves from a decision that has to do with somebody, mm -hmm. because because they felt that they had Hakar them. So that's something, again, this is something that has to be weighed um, by the leadership, and um, will there be people who are following? It's easier, especially for young people, to follow Rabbi Victor Miller's style. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. It's morality. Right. We have to do it. On the other hand, people have responsibility for the community. Have to take every everything into consideration. Now you were speaking about the mayatzas. You were zeicha over the years to sit in many, many a mayatzas meeting with gedolim, hash out issues. And we hear the term used. So I hope you don't mind if I ask you what might be an elementary question. What is Das Torah? Okay. That's a very good question. And, and, question, and, and I'll add to and, it. What is Das Torah? How does someone get Das Torah? Okay. So, um, the, uh, actually, one of the things that, one of the reasons that, that, uh, that I wanted to write the book uh, was Rabbi Leff says that basically the book is a primer on Das Torah. Um, I have the story with Reb Baruch Sarotskin, who, uh, who was, a, I think I wrote it in the book, who had the, it was an issue in Project Cope. We had been growing. We got new contracts. We were adding staff. We kept on adding staff. And then there were cutbacks. And we had to have staff at the cutback. And so we had to, who goes out first? Who do we find last in, first, first, last in, first out, like you do mm -hmm. in, in the unions? Do you take who's most valuable? Do you take the person who's most needy? And we wanted to ask, Agudis Yisrael asked all our shadows to the Metzikadele Terra, we wanted to ask the Metzikadele Terra. And it wasn't practical, we weren't able to get the Metzikadele Terra together. So, Rabbi Yorik Sarotskin was in our office at one point, Rabbi Akiv was another time, the Blue Shiva, is they were there separately, so we asked them separately. Rabbi Yorik Sarotskin sat down and said, look, you're asking me a question, I'll tell you my opinion. But if you want to know if this is a decision of the Metzikadele Terra or the decision of the Terra, it's not. Mm -hmm. I come into meetings the Metzik Terra, and we have a Chabura, and we sit together, and we try to understand what the right way is, and very often I'll change my mind from, from the discussion. So from that, there's a certain siyata d'shmaya that comes from a Metzik Terra that comes out to, to, to a Das Terra. But what is Das Terra? Rav Shamshin Hirsch says that when we daven, we talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we learn, HaKadosh Baruch Hu talks to us. There are people who are learning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah their whole lives, day in and day out. HaKadosh Baruch has been talking to them. And when a situation is developed, and something develops, you have to say, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want? What's the interest of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And sometimes it's so different from what the laymen think. It's just the das Torah is connected to das Balabatim sometimes. You look at it physically and analytically and you, and you say, you know, but if you look at it the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at it and tries to judge the decision based on that. Um, so Das Torah comes from Torah? Comes from Torah. But, at, but at, what, at what age, at what stage, and who makes that determination? So Agudas Yisrael 
when they found, when they found that Agudas Yisrael, they were very worried. The Gedalim were starting Agudas Yisrael. They were worried that the secretary in the office is going to make decisions for the organization. So they said that there has to be, and there was the question of what they should be called, right? the Gedalim would sign that, a Muetzis Gedaliatera, a committee of Gedalim who make the decisions for the organization. So it doesn't mean they're making decisions for Kal Yisrael. They're making the decisions for Agudas Yisrael. Agudas Yisrael doesn't move in any major way without having direction for what does what, what, what the Gedalim Yisrael, what is the Metzger Yisrael? That isn't all the Gedalim. There are a lot of Gedalim who are not in the Metzger Yisrael. And the Gedalim sometimes think differently. We oh, so I was going to ask you. Is, the, the, what, what happens when you have divergent views of Das Taira? So two people who have Das Taira, so, uh, is it both Das Taira? And, so, so the, and how does the layman on the street know who to listen to? So, so the, the big benefit to Agudas Yisrael is that we have a Muetzah Teratera, people, people who choose themselves. It's a self-perpetuating body. In other words, I don't appoint the Muetzah Teratera. The Muetzah Teratera decides who they want to take. Right. And it's a Chabura of Gleilim with similar thinking who decide it. Now, if somebody says to me, I'm a Talmud of Rav Avigda Miller, and by the way, alive Rav Avigda Miller, people say, well, Rav Avigda Miller said this. Rav Avigda Miller is not alive today. If there's a rov that you have today, an individual, if you ask me, an organization, Agudah has a Mosque An individual, if he wants to know what he's doing the right thing, he should choose his Godel. He should choose his rov, and he said, I'm going to follow him right, left, or in between. Mm-hmm. Now, Rav Ruderman told me that you can have Das Ter even if you're not a Godel. He says, there are people who, For live, example. who live so much in terror and so much involved in terror that they get the Hashkafas HaTerah that their thinking becomes teradic, they be thinking in terms of other Rebbeinah So you're talking, he was, you're talking he about was, a Baal, he, you're talking he, about a Baal he, he happened to be talking about Rabbi Neuberger. Uh-huh. He was talking about Rabbi Neuberger, his, 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 brother brother his brother-in-law. Right? He says, he thinks, he thinks teradic. I would say, in large measure, Rabbi Sher was like that. Rabbi Sher had enough hashkafa and learning from, from, from the Gedalia Yisrael that now, he would walk into a meeting and think that the decision should be one way, and the Gedalia would say, that it'd be different. Chaim Davidzibel tells a story over and the, of a specific case, and they came out and they said exactly the opposite, and he was so happy. He says, because that's why I'm an Agudas Yisrael. I have the Gedele Yisrael, but I think an individual has to take his rov, a group of Rabbonim, and say, these are the people, I want to follow this there. If the Satmar Rebbe disagree on things on, on, on Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't mean he's right with Agudas Yisrael, that he's wrong. This is Arashkofer, this is the way we act, and the Satmar Rebbe and Rabbi Aaron Kotler both went during the elections in, in Eretz Yisrael, and each one made speeches against it. One Dastar and the other one's not, no. Who, who was your Rebbe Movak? We talk about having a rov, a Roshiva, who you, you went to. In terms of... Um, in, in, in my Asconis, in the years of Asconis, the years that I, that after Rabbi Sherez Petir, when, I mean, I had the Metzgedele Terra, but probably Rabbi Aaron Leib Schneiderman. But Rabbi Aaron Leib was, was later. Though. I'm saying that in the, ten, the years that, that I was active and so on at that but time. But you were active from 1975, Rabbi Aaron Leib? Yeah. Was, came, re- no, was really was, an unknown... In, in the last, after Rabbi Sherez Petir, when Rabbi uh-huh. Sherez was alive, there still was Rav Shaf, there was still Rabbi Yaakov, there was, you know, Rav Ruderman was my Rosh Hashiva. Right, right, right. You, know, so, you so learned had, in Eretz Yisrael, right? I learned in Eretz Yisrael. So you learned by Rav Kalevsky? I learned by Rav Kalevsky. He was my first Rebbe when I went to, 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 to uh-huh. Eretz Yisrael. And, then I, I became, and you were close to Rav David Kronglis? Yeah, Rav David Kronglis was, was really the one who's must be on me, the one who changed the direction of my life. I, in my high school yearbook, I said I'm going to be a mathematician. And, Is that right? Yeah, and I went in there. You saw for one year. I ended up staying there for twelve. Wow! And and um, and and Rib David is really Rib David Krongos was the one who shaped my life and whose hashkafa I took and whose direction uh, 
I try to follow. Well, in the book you discuss a controversy, and apparently it's not a new controversy, over Ruchnias versus Gashmias, where the Agudah Convention was once uh, held at the Pioneer Country Club, and there was some pushback that it was too lavish of a venue. No, there was, there was worse. It was worse? Okay. There, there was worse. There was mixed swimming, but not, oh, the, week wow. of the, not the week of the Agudah Convention. Uh-huh. But there was mixed swimming during the year, and how can you take people to a hotel and they're going to say, well, the Agudah Convention is this, therefore I can go there, and there was mixed swimming. And it was presented to Rabbi Aaron Cutler. And Rabbi Aaron Cutler says it's very important for Klal Yisrael and for Jews in America that there should be a strong Agudah Yisrael, and they have to go to the nicest place available. So people should want to come there. And oh. he said they come. Um, I, later, it happened in the time with Rabbi Chaim Levine, also with the Talmud of Rabbi Chaim Levine, and that's what I, I speak about in the book, um, where he said the, um, the when you come to the Beis Hamikdash, the Chinuch says, why can a, a Balmum, why can a Balmum not uh, be a Kayan? Why can't you do that? He has a broken arm. So what, what, what's so terrible? He says, no. When you come to the Beis Hamikdash, everything has to be perfect. He says you have to see everything in perfection. So if somebody's not perfect, even though it's, it's, it's a tzara for him, unfortunately he can't participate, but that has to be the point. He says, Agudah Yisrael has to be in, in, in a nice place where people should want to come. The proliferation of Gashmis that we have today, and there is. Um, I was just having a discussion about this, and we've also seen a proliferation in the giving of tzedakah. It seems to go hand in hand. Uh, how would you address that? What would the, the message be to young people who are now being matzliach, maybe for the first time, and they have a lot of money, and they're spending it. Yeah, I, I know this. Uh, even in my time, there was somebody who's um, uh, had a lot of money, inherited a lot of money, and he, um, he said he lives a fairly lavish life. He says, I know it's not good for my children, but it helps me in my tzedakah. So, Meaning... Meaning that because he spends lavishly, he's able to give more. He feels he feels he can give more. So I hear that. On the other hand, Rebellia spoke in an convention, convention, and he said, in what's chus? You see, this is a little bit dust here, the thinking. In other words, why was Lakewood so much liach? Why was Rebaran, a little group in, in the, of Talmidim in, in the... First, the uh, White Plains. Then coming Lakewood and so on, and, uh-huh. and it changed Chinuch in America. He says, in what schus were they able to do it? And Rebellia felt, I mean, Rip Schneer said it at a, at a Lakewood dinner. He quoted the, the, the Ridvaz, the Ridvaz. Right? the Ridvaz that says if ten, he, Chicago was terrible. He ran out of Chicago. On, on Shabbos, he had to leave there with Sekonos Tafoshis. But he said that if 10 people sit and learn Terra Lishmo, it could change the city. It could get turned around. And on that basis, he said, Rebaran built it. But the success that Lakewood had all over America Rebellia said it was because of the dachkus, because of the, uh-huh. it's our, one person told me that he, he was there in the early years, he was a young fellow in the early years in Lakewood, and after breakfast they had a cup of milk, he wanted to take a second cup of milk, and somebody slapped his hand. They couldn't afford it. He said, hmm. because of that, they learned terror with that dachkus, is that gave them tremendous success. Wow. He started to say, but he held back, you know, where is it going to come from in the future, right? based on, on, on what's going on. So he held back, because you don't say that. You have to be careful, you know, with what mm-hmm. we said, and he was, he was careful what we said. But um, there was a meeting in, in, uh, in Novminsky Rebbe's house with some of the members of the Metzkotelia Terra and with Rebaron Leibsteiner, when Rebaron Leib was here. And they asked him different questions. Uh, we had a group of people who were asking questions in front of the Metzkotelia Terra and the Terra 
And one of the questions they asked was about the tuition, the problem of tuition, high tuitions. And Rebaran Leib said, maybe the Rabbeim should take a cut in salary. <laughs> so, so all the members of my answers, you know, we're taking it back a little bit. And Rip Shmuel Kamenetsky saved the day. He says, they already took the cut in salary. Uh-huh. Right? This is, you know, this is it. They're, they're already taking a, a low salary. That can't be the solution. So Rebaran says, oh, he here. But he says, I have a, 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 um, a Kabbalah from the Chazainish. Vos mer dachus mer hatzlocha. Mm-hmm. Person does things dachus without the the the, the, the and so on. He has more hatzlocha. So that's a message. On the other hand, they say it's it's hard it's hard to criticize. They say they're doing good things. Right. Um, and but there is a huge problem today, outside of the gashmias, of just people making ends meet. There's a huge parnasa crisis that's not spoken about enough, and not addressed. I have my own theory about it, that the people, the movers and shakers, very often are not impacted by the Parnosa crisis as much as the people in the bottom rung, so it just doesn't get addressed enough. But is, is there something in your eyes, having spent four decades in Askanas, what more could be done? Let's say you mentioned tuition. Is tuition vouchers an Aitza? Is there something that could be done more than is being done already, where a firm family can't live on $75,000, anymore? Maybe at one time that was considered uh, something significant. Nowadays they can't. They, uh, they tell an old story. It goes back to the time of uh, Ben-Gurion and Eisenhower. Um, uh, Ben-Gurion asked Eisenhower, what does the average American make a month? And he says about $500 a month. And what does it cost to live? He says about $400 a month. He says, what do they do with the extra $100? He says, we don't ask any questions. Whatever they want, they can do it. Okay. He's Eisenhower Ben-Gurion, and what does the average Israeli make? He says, how much the average make? He says, about 400 shekel a month. And how much does it cost? About 500 shekel a month. He says, so he's making, we don't ask any questions. This is a on the world. They're always in the community. I think, I think the poverty is not as serious. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm not, maybe I'm not here. I don't think it's as serious. HaKadosh Baruch Hu also always wants that there should be a Vyayinim, that we should have the schus to be able to support them. Mm-hmm. As the Gemara says that Beferish, it was the part of the, the Yavyan, and that's, each person has their own Nisiyanis, each person has their own mazel uh, in Kala Yisrael, each person has their own job to do, and some people's job is, is to do Yavyan. Do, do I find that we did over the years with job training and so on, Project Cope, uh, PCS, and so on, the things that we did for, to train people to try to get people out of poverty? And uh, 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 Cleveland's is growing because of vouchers. Mm-hmm. Um, in, even in my time, when and I left the Agudah, affordable housing, affordable also. housing. Yeah. Whereas I left 12, 12 years ago, um, the, I left the Agudah 12, 13 years ago, uh, having vouchers um, and, uh, it, it was, was a dream. And now in many, many states throughout the country, they're able to have it. So, right. so that's certainly helpful. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment personally in your years of Asconis, number one? And a follow-up question to that, what, what has been the best advice you've ever been given? The, um, <clears throat> I, I, I divide that into two parts. Um, the, the, the first question. I, everybody has a role in life. Um, Rabbi David uh, and, and, uh, taught us and, and the, that uh, the Chazal say that the uh, Lobeschusa Talia Milsa, El Bemazla Talia Milsa. 
And what is the mazel? Everybody has a job in life. Every neshama, every tipa is brought before HaKadosh Baruch before he's born and is asked, what is this person's job in life? The malach asks. And based on what his job is, his tafkid in life, based on what his tafkid, the, the, the role that he has, does he have to be rich, does he have to be poor, does he have to be smart, does he have to be simple, does he have to be strong, does he have to be weak? Um, so you're given a tafkid in life. Till at least the, 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 the time of Tira of Rabbi Shera, I felt that my tafkid in life was to assist Rabbi Shera. Rabbi Shera was a special gift that HaKadosh Baruch gave to Kalal Yisrael. And he had special talents, special abilities, and he made a major, major impact on, 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 on world Jewry and, and Kalal Yisrael Jewry and world Jewry after, after the Second World and rebuilding. HaKadosh Baruch gave certain individuals to help rebuild or to build America after the Second World War, after the Churban in Europe. And I was in a position where I was able to make him effective by taking a lot of, by being, in effect, I was the CEO, the operating officer of Agudas Yisrael, and seeing that everything's going so, so that he can, he can be able to, to, to accomplish his tafkid. After Rabbi Sheriz Petira, when I had the, the role as the, the CEO the, the, of, of Agudas Yisrael, I felt there were two things that I wanted to accomplish, and I think that the Baruch Hashem, I was able to accomplish them. One of them, Rabbi Shera admitted to the criticism that Agudas Yisrael was a New York organization, basically a New York-based organization. Its leadership was New York, its functions were far better than New York. And he dreamed about becoming a national organization, mm -hmm. but in his lifetime it really didn't become. And after his patira, I set as a goal to make it a national organization with offices all over the country oh. and, and having an impact on, on the government relations and, and the things that are going on in the communities throughout the world. And I think that that was probably my biggest success during that year. And a side success, um, when the Intifada started, the from community wanted to do something. And uh, the more modern group were going to Eretz Yisrael with delegations and showing the flags, and the Gdolim didn't, didn't hold that. If it's a Mokhans HaKon in Eretz Yisrael, you don't put yourself into Mokhans HaKon. Somebody came up with the idea, you know, maybe we should learn Torah, the Schusa. Maybe we should have a Yachikala. And sit in Eretz Yisrael and learn Torah Maglumatsa, Torah saves. So it was discussed the government the Gdolim, they wanted to know what Rebaron Leib said. And Rebaron Leib, we asked Rebaron Leib, Rebaron Leib said, very true, Torah Magna Matzla, but do it in America. Why do you have to come to Eretz Yisrael? But I explained that these are businessmen, other Askanim, they're not going to give up their jobs if they're in America. If they come to Eretz Yisrael, they'll sit and learn there, and they'll learn to be a source of Eretz Yisrael. And the Ulik Daily Yisrael agreed to it. I, I announced it at an Aguda convention. And we started the first Yarchi Kala of mm. American Jews coming to Eretz Yisrael. What happened was, uh, and and uh, it's interesting in terms of the development of it. Um, I said to Rabbi Leib, uh, you know, these, after all, these are Zvulans. So let them learn first, say, there may be something that I'd say in the afternoon, I want to take them out to Meistus, see different stalkers, different things that are going on in Eretz Yisrael. He says, no, no, no. If they're coming to Eretz Yisrael, especially Tom the Intifada, I said, learn three star. Says, I said, okay, we'll find the base of Medrash where they can go to. What base of Medrash? He's in the hotel. I don't want them going out of the hotel. I mean, there was concern of the, the, the safety. He's learned in the hotel. He says, but we want to come to visit you, to B'nai Brak. He said, no, I'll come to you. And he came, and the Gerarebi came over the years. And the, oh. the, 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 the early Cyril, when he came, 
and it started with 40 people, and now it's close to 500 people because the other benefit was that the Magide Shir that you have in Eretz Yisrael and the Gedele Yisrael that they have giving Shir of Eretz Yisrael don't match. And Balabatim today, and now they're copycats. Baruch Hashem. Mm-hmm. Baruch Hashem. The and that was thanks to your initiative. That was, that was, that was the thank to, to So just to one the, final question as far as the greatest advice that you've gotten in your work in Askonas that you would maybe pass on to others. The greatest advice that I can pass on to others is to realize and understand. Um, let me tell it with, with, with a story. Um, uh, when Reb, Reb Nussan C. Finkel spoke in the Yarchikala, and it was very difficult for him, and the involuntary movements, so on, he came in the last years he was coming to a wheelchair, and Reb Segel was the next speaker. So Rabdan Segel was standing in the doorway while Reb Nosensvi was speaking. And then after he spoke, everybody said goodbye to him. He actually was going on a, on a he was leaving to go to the airport to go to a fundraising trip to, to, to America. And Reb Nosensvi came in and said, do you know what you just saw? It was Rabdan Rabdan Segel saying, Rabdan said, what he called to say, Reb Nosensvi, do you realize what you just saw? He said, let me start with a story, a story within a story within a story is a story of Rabbi Tannenbaum in Vat HaYeshivas. It was called by the Briskarov on Erev Yom Kippur. And he called him, came to, came to the Briskarov. Briskarov calls, even at Erev Yom Kippur, he comes, and he showed him a, 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 a need for, for uh, an Askan, as he was in charge of getting tour for the yeshiva, for the yeshiva bachram for the army. He showed him a letter somebody assigned to the army, it actually was to the Navy, and he said, um, uh, I need a patur for this person. So Rabbi Tenenbaum looked at it, and he said, okay, after Yom Kippur, I'll take care of it. So the Bishkara says, no, today. I can't today. You can stop at the Vilsenit. You can, but you don't want to. Bishkara said, no, 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 I really, I can't. Everything's closed today. I can't do it today. You can stop at the Vilsenit. You can, but you don't want to. So, okay, what Rabbi Tenenbaum can do? So he went to the Briskarov, yells at him like that. He was afraid. He goes to the defense department. He goes there. Everything's locked. People are closed and so on. But of course, there was some, one general in charge there. He went to the general, looked, I need this patur. So he said, um, okay, looked at it. He says, okay, we can take care of it. After Yom Kippur, I'll take care of it. He says, no, I need it today. I can't do it today. He says, you can't slip the Vilsnit. You can't, but you don't want to. They worked on it. They got it done. Came back to the Briskarov. The patur was in his hand. Says Reb Don Segel, what does the Briskarov mean when he said, to can't at Vilsnit? You can, but you don't want to. What was his message? The Briskarov was saying that we can really do nothing. There's nothing that we can do. We can't, we want to, we say, Hashem open up our mouth. We can't open our hands, we can't, we can't do anything without, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does everything. What can we do? We can want. If we want, then we can accomplish. You just saw Reb Nussan C. Finkel. He's a sick man. He has every right to say, I'm a sick man, I take my medicine, I'm going to bed. But he wants. And because he wants, he built the biggest yeshiva in the world. If you want, you can do everything. With Siyata the Shema, you can get everything done. I think that's the best advice to anybody. On that note, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. All right.